This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 265, Twilight Inscription Review! Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Wow, it's finally here. A different uh, what a what a weird time to be alive. Uh, the 20th the 25th anniversary is alive and well for Twilight Imperium. We have a new board game in yep. the Twilight Imperium universe. It's finally reached us. It took reached us, us 25 years. <laughs> and now we've arrived everyone at another Twilight Imperium themed board game. Uh-huh. All it cost us was 25 of our years. Let's just quickly ignore years. all the other <laughs> offshoot yeah. TI games that we choose to say don't exist anymore. Yes, they're out of yes, print. yes. This one does exist, and, <laughs> or at least for now it does exist, until, you know, who knows what happens right. in the future. You know what happens to games. Until Embracer Group, now. yeah, Embracer Group yep. steps in and is like, uh-uh, no more. Yeah, yeah, they're going to they're gonna say no more printing of this thing. Um, but yeah, for now we have it. It's a roll and write. You write. You roll, yep. you roll, we, you write. We are in such a weird space because this is the thing everybody's talking about right now, right? Today, we're just sort of like a board game channel because everybody's doing their reviews and their walkthroughs and their rules showcases for uh, this Twilight Inscription Roll and Write game. Yeah. And we have to do our duty of not only just talking about a game that seems good, but we are the Twilight Imperium freaks and we are here to speak on behalf of of the Twilight Imperium freaks, but also only on behalf of ourselves. I don't know what you think of this game. Who cares? You, you're probably going to... You you might like it. I don't know. We'll see. That's my review. Hey, you might like it. You should give it a try. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let me let me say this for for our audience. Yeah. Uh, I know most of y'all didn't even wait to hear what we had to say about it before you bought it, you freaks. Okay? <laughs> Maybe you should have waited for your daddies to wine taste it and tell you to buy it, but I know you already bought it anyway, so who cares? <laughs> Well, now Daddy's caught up to the now. Now, now, now the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree. Yep. We have caught up to you. We are about to take a bite of the apple and tell you, you know, if there's worms in it or not. Sure, sure. Um, should we do? Ooh, we ha- here's a thing. Maybe we should establish that we've never had to establish before. It is our journalistic duty to tell you. We got one of our copies of this for free from Fantasy Flights. So yeah. First, we got, hey, they, they sent us one. They gave us one. They All sent right. us a copy. So that we can uh, We don't it. live in the same place. Yeah, yeah. So. I got so one. We did get I got one. one of my own. <laughs> <laughs> so they sent me one. I got the free one mm-hmm. uh, for the record. And then Matt so, uh, bought one. So I have journalistic integrity and Hunter does not. Everything Hunter uh, says today is he's a shill and he's here just to promote anything that FFG throws his way uh, for Listen, free I'm because he's broken. Uh, at, but I here have maintained some some level of integrity. So thank goodness right. for that. Uh, we can now tell you whether or not this consumer product is worth buying with some integrity, right? With, yeah, <laughs> with your money. Um, so just remember... <laughs> Ignore what I'm going to say about it. Only listen to what Matt has to say about it because Matt paid money. Okay. Now, now, Matt, what, what, 
did you was this personal cash was this petty cash that you were using yourself <laughs> oh, sorry or? sorry sure, I, let's reset okay <clears throat> you paid for this copy <laughs> you listening if you are a member of our patreon you paid for this copy of so i don't where does that fall on the journalistic huh. integrity line i don't huh. know hmm. seems like we're both not really on the most even footing um you know, I'll. You know what? Actually, I want to throw something out here before we even get into the reviewing. Mm -hmm. You know what? I think that uh, if you want, if you're interested in something, you should, uh, and you can afford it, obviously. Yeah. Um. Then uh, you should just buy it. That's that's how I I I wouldn't say I don't know if I've read a review uh -huh. of anything. Here's the thing: reviews are no good. Marketing, <laughs> no good. We live in a time where rev where critical reviews and marketing is just garbage. Uh -huh. You know what I like to look at? Here's what I do. I hear about something, whether it's a TV show, a film, or game, whatever. Um, I hear, I just hear the name of it. I don't listen to anything else anyone else says about it. And then I open up like a like a notepad yeah. on my computer and I type the name into the word pad. And then I just kind of look at those uh -huh, words. Uh -huh. And if those words spark mm. interest, yeah. I blind purchase, okay? <laughs> so in order to do what I'm telling you you should do, you would open up a WordPad right now. You would type in the words Twilight Inscription yeah, and just kind of play around with that. Does that you know spark what I mean? joy? How does that feel? Does it, feel does it right? spark joy? Yeah. You know, if you do, if, or if it does, then you just pull it up and and you click you click add yeah. to cart and then you just you don't even think about is it. Is our whole right? Twilight inscription review going to be us just calling in question what is a review because we don't know because we don't do this we don't this is baby's first review too these are things that like professional reviewers have reckoned with for you know years ago and you and I are coming to the table like mm, but what does it mean to review this commercial product I question I wonder I am a yeah. I am a philosophy 101 major and here I am as a student ain't that ain't that all that philosophy is though Matt just a way <laughs> to avoid kind of like actually dealing with the things that you're dealing with and instead just kind of dodge yeah. by yeah by like using very academic words and going uh, you know just kind of climbing up your own butt yeah. you know that's weird and, and so so twitter is philosophy 101 one and the same now is what we're saying that's what yeah, i'm saying twi yeah twitter is kind of like is kind of like what you can do instead of philosophy <laughs> now there's two options <laughs> You could, you could, and actually, I would say between the two, point for philosophy, <laughs> definitely healthier than Twitter. So, actually, philosophy's gone up a little bit in my personal rankings of things that yeah. exist yeah. because of Twitter. They yeah. serve a similar toxic function for yourself, <laughs> uh, but at least one of them it encourages you to 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 go a little inward with uh -huh. your thoughts and maybe question things, which is sometimes good. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Depends on what you're questioning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's do it then. Let's talk about this game. First off, let's introduce it, eh? Uh, maybe some people don't even know what we're talking about, and that's fun. Uh, but if if you even do know, there's still been lots of questions, right? This is such a strange thing to exist. First off, it started yeah. as a gag, as we established uh, in our interview with James Niffen, the designer of this game. Uh, th there was at one point at a Gen Con a fake Twilight Imperium as a roll and write game postulated as though wouldn't it be ridiculous if 
This is put, 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 perhaps this is the most ridiculous of scenarios that could occur. So ridiculous, no one would believe it. That that was the idea of this prank years ago. Yeah, and now right. it is not. <laughs> it is just breathed into. You know, here we are. Uh, so, Twilight Inscription is a roll and write. What does that mean? Well, let's at its most basic terms, uh, think about your Yahtzees, right? Roll dice. Here's the result of your dice. You got a pad of paper. Record the results of those dice in whatever strategic way you feel is best, right? Here's a bunch of yep. places you could assign those dice. You get to choose. Um, and traditionally, I'm going to speak super out of turn here because I've not played very many roll and rights. I've played. I've played a no, few. I mean, yeah, we we should be open with that sure. at the top. That we're that this we're talking about a game. It involves Twilight Imperium, so we have the right to speak right. about it. Um, but we are not roll and write people. Yeah. Um, in that we haven't played a lot of them. I I'll go ahead and say this. I'll 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 out myself a little bit. I am not very interested in the genre. Sure. Um, just overall. Not to say that like I have some sort of prejudice against the genre, but uh, it is not. I'm just not. I'm waiting for this to pass. Sure. You know what I mean? And like apparently, eventually, rolling rights are going to be in the rear view. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I, I, it's interesting because I think people see it as a fad right now. That's the that's the mm. vibe I've been getting on on yeah. your Facebooks that's and how your I board game it. geeks. Is people people think rolling right is kind of a fad right now? Um, I I personally think that's fine, and it's interesting because as as a thing. It's hard to decide what makes a roll and write distinctly a roll and write is the thing I keep grappling with. Something you and I, I think, both noted when we first started like poking around at this game uh, at Gen Con is you could release just a ton of cardboard chits and and like accomplish the same goals. The the pen yeah. is not doing anything like inherently important that that a different uh, texture or uh, component could do uh Matt, i compare this you? i compare this in my mind to to a game like railroad inc which i've played sure. where the writing is like well i'm I, it would be significantly weirder to have like tons of tokens to to fulfill that thing you're you are literally drawing road pathways around mm -hmm. that feels a little bit more righty to me whereas this one is for the most part in twilight inscription you are crossing things out that is that is the writing matt are you slyly suggesting that perhaps the popularity of Roland rights is not just because designers like the idea of you rolling dice and writing things down, that they might be some sort of cost-cutting <laughs> measure, yeah. some sort of sidestepping of the uh -huh. reality of uh, various uh, components to be purchased, yeah. uh, i.e., plastic miniatures yeah dare i and dare i suggest dare it. you suggest matt <laughs> not that, that you'll the right <laughs> genre is here because of economic reasons yeah. and not just you know but that we think it's all great to, to your point though of like oh i don't i think this is gonna be in the rear view mirror i don't I, I don't agree with that i think people will start to discover very very interesting unique things to do with rolling rights right sure, I, yeah, I think yeah. i think the idea i, of, I have, have to draw somewhat, a thing but... out is is a is, is a very specific thing i don't know that this game necessarily does that this game however does do something else with the roll and write genre which is just cranks it up to 11. the way i categorize this game is is actually four roll and write games on top of each other and they cross-reference each other, like, the entire time you're playing is is sort of a way to think about this game. Because I think the general theory behind Roland Rights is they're they're 
quite simple. I mean, you just roll your dice and you you check the. Th I mean, think about how simple Yahtzee is. And honestly, a lot of roll and rights are not wildly more complex than the decision tree you would have in a game of Yahtzee. But yeah, or if anything, Yahtzee might be more complex. Um, I'm yeah getting sick of hearing all these people on the street saying things like Yahtzee this and Yahtzee that, as if it's just you know the simplest game. Right. Uh, you know Yahtzee and uh, Farkle. Right. These games are in my top fifty, <laughs> especially Farkle. Actually, I'm not joking Big around. Farkle it guy. sounds like I'm joking. Farkle's but I'm pretty good. I, I grew up camping Farkle with some Farkle. Yeah, Farkle's pretty good. Can we just can we review Farkle? Because that that's a game you can't buy. Let's let's start that YouTube channel, Hunter. Let's just only review <laughs> games, games that, that have been around that, for centuries. <laughs> That no one owns. <laughs> Actually, owns. I think you can. That would be maybe better because Farkle, the, but sure, but nobody owns the like the rights to Farkle. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the only way to be an an anti capitalist reviewer of board yeah. games is to, to go and chess folk and... games. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I know. I shut up and it. shut up and sit down has that as a series, which is very fun. Their their folk game series. They they folk hit games, up every once yeah. in a while. That's great. Um. Anyways. Yeah. So Twilight Inscription, it's four roll and write games kind of stacked on each other. And in that, it exponentially becomes more complex, right? Your decision of when to jump from one roll and write game to the other, at what point you want to de decide to work on one roll and write game, that is the main decision tree you're actually after. So how does this function? Let's let's quickly explain the rules of Twilight Inscription, because I can get through yeah. it fairly fast without uh, too much detail. You got six dice. Three of them are like actually the dice you're using all game, and three of them are focus dice. They are basically upgrades. You can unlock them throughout the game to have more dice to roll, right? Or, I mean, you always roll them, but you have more dice to act upon. It can give you yep. a larger number of actions, essentially. It is part of your action economy, is these dice. Uh, every uh, round, as it were, you reveal a card. That card gives you a set of actions, of which there are three types. We won't go into crazy detail, although you will note uh, Absol gave some really great uh, pre-errata about sort of the rundown of these three uh, resources and their commonality. So if you're wanting to get strategically into this stuff, I suggest heading over to the Discord and, and hearing the people that are talking about it a lot. The three resources are not created equal. Anyways, you get these three resources to allocate to uh, various things. And uh, then you roll dice and you get more resources to allocate to the same sheet you decided for the first one, right? So you're going to take two sets of actions, both geared towards one of your four sheets. And your four sheets are navigation, moving around the universe, exploring space. And then you have exploration, exploring the planets you find along the way in space. And then you have industry, which thematically is trickier for me to... <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing on the industry sheet, but it's it's my industry. Oh, I can, yeah, it's, I it's your it. economics. It's your trade goods. Give, give me a better. You you dive much deeper into that sheet than I did on my playthrough. Yeah, I, I like the industry sheet. So the industry sheet um, is uh, it's it's essentially your way of accumulating trade goods yeah. and um, votes for yes. the agenda phase. Um, and it has a fun little like uh, weird board of you sort of deciding like, uh, how you're going to allocate your your industry, right? Um, and you're securing different types of commodities that all go on a track, right? And as you kind of move around this little map, you have to sort of take certain things out of the equation for yourself. You have to you have to x out right. 
certain commodities in favor of getting access to right. these other commodities. Um, in Twilight Imperium, there's, of course, one type of commodity that can, and all you want to do is flip it to a trade good. In Twilight Inscription, we have three mm. types of commodities. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, your your kind of economic boons, and then finally you have warfare, which in this game is like a, a funny little sort of Tetris game that you build, uh, and and the Tetris pieces are the ships that you have, and uh, warfare is the main way there's actually player engagement in Twilight Inscription. I would say Twilight Inscription is is quite. Um, heads down for the most part, which might upset people. We'll talk about that more later. But warfare is the big area where the people sitting to your immediate right and sitting to your immediate left, when warfare events happen, you will compare military strength and then determine outcomes of the war, essentially. So you're sort of always kind of working on slowly building up your warfare strength, and it comes in waves. So after you've done one war, everything you had in that war is actually not useful to you anymore, and you have to be investing in the next potential war as it comes up to you. Um, the main other way you interact with everybody, too, is at set timings uh, throughout the game. There are agendas, which Hunter has already alluded to. Your industry can help you get votes in agendas. But agendas are similar to Twilight Imperium. We all come to the table, and we have to determine sort of a, a new rule for the game or a new, a new way the game is going to shake out. The agendas... In Twilight Inscription are a decent amount different, though, I would say, than Twilight Imperium, where Twilight Imperium is like, here's one pretty generally dynamic thing or a quite different thing. Whereas Twilight Inscription agendas are like, these two things are like in step with each other and to pass and fail it is just sort of determining the outcome of like this one style of rule. Does that make sense? That's a pretty vague way of putting it. Yeah, so instead of it, there's no against, no effect, essentially. Right. And in fact, it's the opposite of that. You're essentially being given um, a topic, a right. heading. Here's what type of thing we're going to mess with today. Right. Um, and then two distinct options um, that are, you know, classified as pass and fail. Yeah. Um, but the fail does as much as the pass right. does. Yeah, notably, actually, the, the key distinction here is it is not a good thing or a bad thing. It yes. is two flavors of bad thing or two flavors of good thing. And the reason you would vote on on one side of that over the other is this good thing actually helps me, whereas the other good thing actually doesn't isn't isn't a boon I'm focusing on, right? It could be like it's gonna improve your industry. And you could be like, well, actually this game I'm not focusing on industry, but the other boon is gonna help my exploration and I would like to improve that. Or alternatively, yeah. the negatives well, this one would hurt me quite a bit, whereas this negative actually doesn't I I dodge it a little bit and get away. Uh, from the problems yeah i haven't seen all of the agenda decks so i don't know how well it all fits into they're either both good yeah. or both bad that was or how whatever. um absol described absol it to us described in it the, that way uh, yeah uh, uh our tutorial uh that we got from her which was uh very helpful also shout out to everybody yeah. who played it with us uh recently and and all the yeah. folks that were tinkering around with it at gen con we these copies were out all over the place and people were already uh, diving in so that is more or less the gist you go through just a ton of event cards assign all these resources uh and play amongst these sheets it, it is a game chock full of symbols when you first pull the game out you go oh my goodness dear wow there is a there's just so much symbology and right. you have to take all of that in i mean there's like asset cards that are going to help explain that to you but I, I would say the teach of this game is something you should not do too much of on the front end 
try to get an awareness of it. Have someone who can teach it to you really quickly. I'm sure really good tutorial videos are going to start coming out about this game. But I think it's a game you have to learn by doing. You're not going to yeah. gain any sort of awareness of what any of these resources do and how they bounce off of each other. You're not going to learn that before you start playing. So you just need to get a game under your belt and see how these things start to bounce off of each other. So, yeah, my, my number one suggestion is with the game comes a uh, play-as-you-learn guide. That is absolutely going to be the best way to actually learn the game. It's going to just make decisions for you so that you can see the repercussions of those decisions. And it's not going to be a big deal. It's, it's a game that can play pretty fast if you're willing. But your first game is going to actually feel quite a bit slower. But I would not um, worry about that too much. If you play your first game and you're like, I was not looking for a two and a half hour long game. That's not what I want. I would not think that this game is normally going to be that long. I, I think this is easily a, a sub one hour game. Um, if you, it d depends on how much you have like analysis paralysis, right? But this is this is a game where everybody acts at the exact same time, and there's not a ton of reason to do a bunch of like long-winded negotiations, right? Every once in a while, we we caught up, got caught up in moments of like, wait, if you do this, that's gonna mess with me in this way because we're all sort of chasing for shared objectives or whatever, and I might want you to slow down on one objective so that I can catch up or something. So there's little bits here and there, but for the most part. You all just do your actions and you're waiting on everybody to complete their actions and, and analyze their board state and stuff like that. And so as you learn this game, it's going to play quite a bit faster than your very, very first playthrough. Yeah, if you have a group that's willing to meet every week to play Twilight Inscription, then yeah, it's you could you could definitely we I, I definitely concur. Um, and what's nice, too, is that I feel like if everybody is really hot on the game, then uh, it doesn't really matter how big group is yeah you know what i mean like right. it's it's really just you're you're as fast as the slowest player right at the table so if the slowest player is pretty fast then you're all really fast right at this game right um so that's that is definitely a cool aspect of it that i had not really considered before um how does this game feel though like yeah. what, what does it feel like to play it it feels crunchy much crunchier than twilight imperium where you sit down to twilight imperium and you go, oh, the possibility space is huge and, and potentially endless. Mm -hmm. And and I'm doing things very slowly, right? I'm doing one action at a time and then waiting for five other people to take actions. And then it comes back around right. to me. And between my last action and my next action, so many things could have changed that I'm just constantly adapting to new circumstances. Right. And to a certain extent, Twilight Inscription is the same, right? The cards reveal your circumstances, and then the dice reveal some more circumstances for you, and you exactly. have to just sort of stick to decisions. So in that way, that moment-to-moment -moment feeling, I think, is very similar to Twilight Imperium, of like, you gotta roll with these punches. This is the kind of game this game is throwing out at you, right? So in, in a way, I, I want to think that Twilight Inscription is so crunchy you could perfectly math out an, an entire game. You definitely can't, right? You, you, you can't do that. You have to see what comes up, and then make the best move for that moment. One action at a time, one turn at a time, there's going to be kind of the best moment. But that's where I think the biggest difference between it and Twilight Imperium is, is there is kind of a correct answer to that. In the moment, there is a best action. Whereas in Twilight Imperium, I think it's not very often that there's an obvious best thing to do. It's just sort of like, well, you need to accomplish this number of things this round, and sort of work with the table to make all those things happen. Twilight Inscription, it's just like, this is the things you need to find the most optimal use of these resources. So that's how I think it's it's quite a crunchy game, right? Is you can sit there and think through all the various ways you could use these resources, and there's probably a couple correct answers and a bunch of answers that are less optimal. 
yeah, already um, at this point of, in in playing the game, knowledge of the deck of the oh, cards yeah. that might possibly be coming up really kind of closes in the the possibility window and narrows it quite a bit as compared to something um, as random and stupid as Twilight Imperium. <laughs> Because Twilight Imperium has a hundred some odd action cards, yeah. Um, some of them bad, some of them good, some of them game breaking, <laughs> uh, and any of them could be in any of your opponent's hands. There is no equivalent yeah. of that um, for Twilight Inscription. So, you know, when POK came out, I remember there being a lot of people that were kind of like murmuring, you know, uh, talking talking bad on my child, yeah. our child. <laughs> everyone's child uh-huh. and saying things like oh there's a little too much rng to the game the game isn't like tight enough yeah and it's like here you go play twilight inscription right it's it's it it is i mean i don't know if we're both going to agree on this map but i do feel like um my headline for this game would be that it's it sounds like a prank and is exactly what it says it is, which is Twilight <laughs> right. Imperium as a roll and write. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. it sounds like, to, it, it's really funny that it's something that sounded like a joke to people. Yeah. Um, and then it became real, and guess what? James did it. Like, right. it, it is Twilight Imperium as a roll and write. Now, I'm not saying that means that you like it. Right. Or that we like it, or that the listeners like it. Yeah. But if... If you want to evaluate a game as a mission or a question to be answered, right. it is a, su- a success. It does do that, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it makes Twilight Imperium into a roll and write. Right. It, with that comes a, a firm change of eff- effectively medium, right? In the same way, turning a video game into a movie means the two things will, they cannot be the same. They are, they are a different storytelling device. Right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this game is not going to feel exactly like Twilight Imperium. I think the question a lot of people are asking is, does this feel like Twilight Imperium condensed down to an hour and a half rather than an eight hour game? That's what people want. Right. And right. well, first off to that, I say, I don't think what you're asking is possible because the reason Twilight Imperium feels the way it does is be- because of that eight hour investment. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think less time can ever equal the same feelings. As, sure. as what you get out of Twilight Imperium. So that's the first thing, is what you're asking for, I I, I question your question. Uh, yeah, but we to- question your question, <laughs> asker, <laughs> hypothetical asker person. We're going to kind of sass you uh-huh. right now, hypothetical uh-huh. question asker. <laughs> so the the thing for me then is, as a roll-in right, this game conveys a lot of the same thematics as Twilight Imperium very successfully. The things I think I've seen echoed a lot, especially by the people who are like really digging into this game, uh, is the factions feel quite distinct. And in some cases, mm-hmm. incredibly distinct, right? My view is these factions are not all created equal. That's the first and foremost thing. These, This is not a balanced game with the factions necessarily. Sounds like Twilight Imperium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but some of the factions you will play very different than you would play another faction because the ability is so good, you're going to lean into mm-hmm. it. Some of the factions, their abilities are not good, and you will be playing vanilla Twilight Inscription, and you will be rolling with the punches of what the dice give you. And that's going to be right. quite different than what the top tier factions are. We're seeing people come out with tier lists. Who knows what it'll actually kind of feel like? But I think that's the big thing for me is 
there's there's a huge disparity in some of these factions and to me that leads to a, a game that for the most part can feel really specific to your faction except for at that like very most bottom tier right there's a right. handful of factions like well you'll probably want to avoid those because it's just not even going to feel as flavorful um unless that's just like what you're after or whatever yeah unless um, you're looking to have a bad time i will say this already though um if if the factions are truly imbalanced which i'm not ready to say that true. they that there is that much daylight between them uh just because uh that's a lot of games i feel like you need to play to really really know that in mm -hmm. your bones mm -hmm. but um we have already sort of established that this is like Twilight Imperium with a lot less RNG. Yeah. And the thing that helps a bad faction in Twilight Imperium is good luck. Right. This is a less luck-dependent game. Right. So the fact that if the factions are, in fact, not very balanced, that might feel more significant in a game like Twilight Inscription than I think it does even in Twilight Imperium. And in Twilight Imperium, it feels pretty darn significant. I mean, Dane basically messed up and made a bad game, <laughs> screwed up, and ruined our lives. You know what I mean? Oh, at least when you're losing as, you know, whatever faction it is that you're playing that you want to complain about. Yeah, Arborek or okay. Yin even, mm -hmm. even with the mm -hmm. even with new codex, Dane. Uh-oh, messed uh -oh. up. Better get Soon. back in the, better get back in the foundry. <laughs> So anyway, sorry, the, get back to what you're saying. The other, the other stuff for me is the, the big phases, there's not, an, it's not like there's a one-to-one -one equivalent for everything. So that's the thing where I right. think people are getting a, a bit cart before the horse or whatever is they, they believe that this game is saying, what if I turned Twilight Imperium into a roll and write? And I actually don't think that's what this game is. The way they market this game is the Twilight Imperium of Roland Rights. And that means sure. something very distinctly different, right? The Twilight Imperium of Roland Rights is that Twilight Imperium is a game that takes a ton of other actually quite basic mechanics, very simple things to understand, and by through sheer volume increases and elevates that whole experience into something much greater than the sum of its parts, right? The mechanics, right. that's the way I used to teach Twilight Imperium is like, listen, most of these things are things you've played in other games. You've experienced all of these mechanics somewhere else. They're just being all crammed together in one huge ecosystem. Twilight Inscription is the Twilight Imperium of Roll and Rights because it's taking a bunch of different Roll and Write ideas and cramming them all together to create something that is bigger than the sum of its parts. But it's still a roll and write game. It is not, the agendas are not as dynamic as agendas in Twilight Imperium. Trading isn't existent, right? So it, trading is like the most important aspect of the reason Twilight Imperium feels the way it feels, right? Is because at any point things can be negotiated. There's not anywhere close to as much to negotiate in Twilight Inscription. And so for some people, that's going to be not what they're after. But that's not anything Twilight Inscription said it was going to be. So I don't I don't put it as like a downside on Twilight Inscription. Twilight Inscription is a roll and write, and it feels quite good as a roll and write. It does not have the negotiation that I like from Twilight Imperium, but that's why I play Twilight Imperium. I, I wasn't after, I don't know, this thing that other people uh, seemed to have been after, I guess. I don't know who these other people are, but I think they should ha have had more realistic expectations. Um, and, and I, I mean, I, I want to reiterate, I think this is about as good as you could do trying to turn Twilight Imperium yeah. into a roll and write. And I, uh, I want to celebrate yeah. how much of Twilight Imperium has been translated into this very different design. And Definitely. I think, um, I think that 
the right things were chosen to translate. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I mean, trade and player interaction between uh, the players in a competitive sense. It it is much pared down from Twilight Imperium, but is it pared down for a rolling right? Right, absolutely. That's what I wonder. I don't think it is actually. I think it's actually quite a lot of uh, interaction. Uh, and I personally, because of my lack of experience with rolling rights, don't even really care to compare it sure. um, to them because I, how could I? I don't know anything about them, but I can't compare it to um, kind of Euro style engine building right. games, which honestly is maybe more what this should be compared to than just like standard rolling rights. This is much more of an engine builder than I think your standard rolling right fair. Yeah, I think it feels quite a bit like one of those. Um, it and And it kind of, if, if that's the type of game that you like to play, if somebody told me they like engine building type games, I would say like, oh, you should definitely give this right. a try. Right. Um, if, if you're like, I think the ideal person would be someone that likes those types of games and is interested in the Twilight Imperium uh, art, lore, and universe. Right. You would be like, to me, the ideal person right. for this game. Yeah. Um, because it's really about, you know, taking, taking what um, resources the game is providing to you and then it's just very critical how you invest those resources. Um, and if you invest them smartly, then you get this kind of tempo yeah. that starts happening. Right. Um, and what's interesting is that, um, as Matt alluded to earlier, the better your tempo might be on one sheet, the more you can invest the kind of extra tempo on that sheet into sheets that you're not even playing on right, right. now. Right. That's where it can get very, very fun to me. Um, which is kind of really similar. Like, I... There's a lot of stuff in a. It's a shame I haven't played that many Euro games in a while, but like Suburbia has elements of that. Mm-hmm. Um, every like every game that like decides to separate out your kind of uh, tech paths in this way. Clash of Cultures has elements of this. Yeah. Of like I've I'm invested hardcore into this tech, but this you know sort of tree mm-hmm. is allowing me to also excel in this other thing. Right. Um. And, and a lot of this is, I would say, quite cleanly telegraphed to you. It's just that it's a, a lot of things. Right. I, I, I want to compliment the symbology. I think the symbology, um, <laughs> they had their work cut out for them. Right. Um, and to me, a lot of it makes sense. It's, it's really the only place you can kind of get messed up, I feel like, with this game is in the, um, the specifics of how you can spend things. Right is where it can get confusing. Um, and it's specifically sometimes where you can spend things can get a little bit difficult. Um, it's always very clear that you activate a sheet. There yes. are four sheets. You activate one, and then you do stuff, right? Right. But sometimes, especially for... And, and Matt, I'm kind of alluding to something yes. you were talking about when we were putting this episode together. Not my issue, yeah. It can be confusing as far as, like, when is the best time for me to invest certain things? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, the, the idea is as you're playing, you can unlock things that I won't call them resources because that's kind of a specific thing. They're, they're called assets, actually, is what I should say. You, you can unlock assets that you do not have to use right this second. You can delay your usage of them until you are right. working on the sheet that that asset would actually best be used on. Right. What I've been routinely bouncing against uh, in, in my playing of it is I, I cannot de- decide when is the like 
right time to commit that asset to that sheet. I have to be activating that sheet, which means I have to already have something else useful to do on that sheet, right? Sometimes it's like, well, no, with this set of actions, this dice result, which isn't actually when you make the decision, but bear with me, this result of actions would be best served on my industry right now. Right. But I'm waiting to activate exploration so that I can use my green tech asset to get the green technology yes. on that board or something yes. like that. That stuff, it just fills me with a lot of anxiety. Like this game, because I constantly get the feeling that there is a correct answer mm -hmm. and a correct time for the maximum output of point potential, that stuff wears on me. I'm an analysis paralysis player. I do not swing with the punches very well like i don't do well in environments right. where it's just like you gotta hope that worked out for you i i beat myself up over those things so so this game feels really daunting to learn the deeper strategy to because i'm very slow at learning that stuff and i'm very intimidated by it so right if your brain if you've ever identified with me on this show in how i think about twilight imperium and root and other games I wouldn't be surprised if Inscription is a little bit harder for you to get into. It's harder for me to get into. When we played, I was beating myself up a lot because I could tell everybody was outscoring the pants off of me. I was dead last in our game by like a matter of 10 or more points. Uh, and, and I felt it the entire time is the big thing. I, I don't know how much comeback potential there is like hunter was saying there's not like a ton of luck luck to just completely turn your game around no yeah yeah there there's is not a lot of rng that's going to come in and save the day that's not to say there's not swings you can have smart potential where you suddenly mm -hmm. unlock something and it's like whoa that was like a 30 point turn or you know whatever it is that that sort of stuff can happen but it's by your own virtue of having accomplished that it's not just like happenstance is going to turn your game around so this game, while quick, which is a, a thing, you know, under an hour, feeling that feeling is not as bad as feeling that for an entire day of playing Twilight Imperium, right? Yeah. If you know you're in the stinker in Twilight Imperium, uh-oh, that's a, a whole day is ruined. So thank goodness for that with Twilight Inscription that it's th this will pass. <laughs> uh, but it is still a thing where if you're on a downward uh, trajectory that's probably it. Like you're going to stay on that downward trajectory and, and maybe just barely put things together. But if someone else is having a great game, they're, they're going to continue riding high. They're off to the races. So that, that yeah. is where I bounce off of the game a little bit is in that, that crunchiness is incredibly intimidating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would definitely say if you're prone to analysis paralysis, that these sheets are dense. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on them and there's four of them. Right. So like, and, and I would say it's it kind of just comes down to, to how do you play a game that you don't know that well. I would say, Matt, you, you kind of approach things like... You, the way I always feel about you in a game is you're like a general. I always imagine you're like, you're like in the room and there's yeah. a full map in front of you. <laughs> and you're looking at the entire battlefield uh -huh. and all of the pieces. And you're taking it all in at once. Right. Um, and honestly, if, if you had uh, unlimited time... It would be absolutely the best approach, and you would actually learn the game much faster playing it that way. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're literally—it's like someone's handing you a board game, and then you—and it's gigantic. You know what I mean? And you're—you're you're picking the whole box up, and you're smushing it into your brain. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and what I—yeah. Sorry. Just—just just to jump off of that, and I want you to continue your point, but this we haven't talked about it yet but there's a single player mode to this game <laughs> like right you can do that is the thing you can slowly smush <laughs> it into your brain if you if that is if that will work for you yeah i 
What I like about this game, and I think why it it hasn't been that difficult for me to pick up, yeah. is because I love a game that tells me to make a choice and then ignore other stuff, right? <laughs> and this game is telling you to do that. I don't want to over-romanticize it, uh -huh. okay? But Matt, you are a general, and I'm a cowboy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, am, I am choosing the, my shot and taking it, yeah. and, you know... Uh, hang the consequences right. i say right you know what i mean I, I i am down to lose this game off a coin flip yeah yeah um and and twilight inscription tells you at the uh, on every action pick a sheet yeah and and yes there's probably a right sheet yeah sure but if you're if you're with a bunch of people learning the game and you know you like one sheet yeah and you when you look at that other sheet it don't make you feel good <laughs> it make your tummy hurt <laughs> And you don't have to look at that sheet. Look away from it. Just don't look <laughs> Just at look it. Look at a different sheet. It's Listen, the fine. exploration sheet makes me panic. Yeah, all right? it does. So it then does. I don't play it. I don't play <laughs> that one. And guess what? I did fine. Yeah, I did fine. Yeah, you Not did. You, that sheet. you won, didn't you? Or you tied? I, for the win? I tied. I tied with Wecker. Yeah, there we um, go. Which made me feel good because Wecker has played a lot of this game. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing is I I also don't really know how the exploration sheet works even once. Now I'm and I'm talking about it on a podcast yeah. right now. I don't even know how it works. But I honestly I kind of admire that design. Yeah. Um it reminds me a little bit of uh one of my favorite games of all time is Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about Race for the Galaxy is that you there's so there's in in it there, there are some things I could, I would put Twilight Inscription in, in a similar place with Race of the Galaxy as far as uh, the, the symbols, symbology. Learning yeah, what I was going to say, mean, <laughs> will, will get you a long ways. You might not understand a lot of the finer points. So if you learn what these symbols mean, you're going to get through a lot of it. <laughs> I still play Race of the Galaxy like I don't really know how to play it. Yeah, yeah. In that, every time I very early on will see a card and I'll be like, I like this one. Let's play this one. Yeah. <laughs> And just kind of build everything around that. Yeah. And, it, and I'll look at stuff and be like, I don't remember what that means. We're not playing well, with that. Let's and, throw that away. And you know, this is also guided by you were playing as Hakan, which is an industry focus. Like, you can pick a faction that yep. plays with the sheet you like. I was playing yep. with an exploration. I was playing Arborek, which seemed quite uh, warfare and exploration focused. So I was digging into that. And no wonder I felt quite overwhelmed. Exploration's overwhelming. <laughs> uh, so... Yep. Uh, let's real quickly. I want to. I want to take a, a brief break, and then when we come back, I think we could get a little bit more uh, opinionated. Let's let's actually dig even more into our yeah, personal yeah. experiences sure, sure. with this game. Sure. Okay. Welcome back. Hello. Hey. How was that? How how was that? Did you get Did you get your tea? Are you drinking tea now? Do you want to drink some Ooh, tea? Ooh. Yeah. Drink tea now. Oh, we didn't tea. tell them to get tea. Yeah. But maybe they but did. If, Ooh, I hope you're freaking out if you did, yeah. in fact, go get tea. <laughs> Let us know if you did, in fact, get tea during the ad break. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That would be quite cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've been sort of bouncing around with our personal experiences, but I'd like to, like, dig into that even more because I, I do not believe in an objective review anyways. I think that would be silly. Um, so all I can do is kind of share with you my experiences. Um, yeah. So we were taught this at Gen Con. Uh, mm -hmm. as part of a group thing. Uh, James Niffen was there just giving like a, a demonstration of all of it. And Hunter and I were actually playing the two-player game. Uh, we, we were off in a little corner by ourselves, whereas other yeah, people yeah. were playing like a four, six, whatever player game. Two-player and one-player is where this game actually breaks into sort of a different thing and you play against an, a a a an AI uh, element. Um, so in a two-player game, 
Um, the biggest thing I said earlier is like with warfare, you're fighting the people on your right and the people on your left, right? So in a two-player game, you're fighting each other and then you're both fighting the AI. You make a little triangle of the three of you, but the AI is mm -hmm. one of those three things. And then in the single-player game, warfare is just in both directions you're fighting the AI and it's kind of a different thing. The AI is not like a player it is more like a series of finish lines that you are racing to. Mm -hmm. That's how I would describe the AI in this game. It is, it is not um, meant to replicate another players at this table with you. Can you defeat them? It's more about can you do your thing as fast as possible? And here's a series of right. checkpoints to sort of let you know how you're doing um, or whatever. So in that way... I'm actually I'm excited to have this game because it means I can just like go but I've busted it out on my table a number of times just to sort of play around with it and I can actually have like a full experience with it by myself uh, entirely and if anything too I'm very interested in this as a three-player game um, right I don't really like Twilight Imperium at three players because you can't have the same level of negotiation and guess what we've spent all this time talking about with Twilight Inscription? It doesn't have the same level of negotiation because maybe at three players, it it cannot exist. Like, you don't have the same sort of dynamics, right, in a three-player right. There's a specific set of dynamics to a three-player game. And I think, without having played it enough to know, I think this could be like a perfect three-player game <laughs> because everything is intertwined, whereas the second you get to four players and more is when you get into, I'll never interact with that person basically at all. Uh, we'll come to agendas together and I can suddenly be like interested in maybe what they have going on, but it still barely impacts me um, to, to much extent at all. Um, I can't think about racing people's votes across the table necessarily. I just got to play my game. Right. So I'll say I don't really mind what you sure. just said, though. No, and like, I, I, that yeah. doesn't really bother me. Right. And in fact, I in in we played a what was it? A six player game or a mm -hmm. seven player game? I think it was a six, six. player game. Yeah, so we played a six player game. Um I felt like I had a high level of awareness with my my buddies, my neighbors, yep. the person on my right, the person on my left, and that I felt like I always had some idea of what was going on with them. Did not know what was going on on the other side of the table, except for when agenda phase would come up, I felt like I got this little window. Yeah. But it was very unpredictable right. in a way that um, was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I did not mind that aspect of the game. And, but I'll, I will say this, if you're looking for a game that is flexible on player count, where maybe it doesn't really matter how yeah. many you're playing with, yeah. this might be really good for that. Yes. If you need the game, if you need to buy a game so that it's on your shelf, so that, you know, one of the trickiest thing about board game night is like knowing exactly how many people are going to be there yeah. uh, in order for you to play exactly the game that you want to play, right? Right. So maybe Twilight Inscription is a really good fallback. Uh-oh, we got seven this time. We don't get to play, you know, whatever it was All that we wanted to play. That's a good six-player game. Yeah. We, we wanted to play Twilight Imperium, and now we've got seven. So, I mean, we, obviously, we can't, can't play Twilight do Imperium that. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I, that's just, that's an old gag. All uh, right. Don't be mad at me. I'm, nope. just, I'm just messing around up here. But I totally agree with you that it's it's deeply flexible in that way. And, again, it's, it's about what are you asking the game to do and it's not totally fair to say you're not paying attention at all to what anybody else is doing because there's objectives in the game where you're racing to be the first person to accomplish a yeah, thing right and you have right. to keep track for me though it's at four players and more that becomes overwhelming and i couldn't possibly there's so many people 
doing so many different specific strategies, right? You're focusing on industry and warfare. You're focusing on warfare and exploration. You're focusing on navigation and industry, right? Everybody's doing like a different thing Yeah. where yeah. that race becomes just like, well, I can't possibly bother. I was thinking I was somewhat focusing on an objective uh, and then suddenly two rounds before I'm ready to score the objective, someone's already there. And I'm like, whoa, I just, I couldn't. But for me in a three player setup, I would know exactly where my two neighbors are, and those are the two people I need to focus on paying attention to how quickly can I race for this objective or whatever. That's the kind of anxiety I'm talking about that this game sort of Oof. brings on to me. Is like, it's impossible to keep track of everybody. It's not impossible, but it would take way too long to sit here and think about every single decision. I don't want to hold the game up that much, right? So then I just make slapdash decisions that are not optimal, and then my game kind of goes in the toilet or whatever. So that that's how the bigger game feels a little bit to me. That's This is early days, right? I don't actually understand this game. I'm still learning it. So, of course, I feel extra uh, that way. But I'm, I'm curious how that will develop over time. So we 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 played some sort of half practice session at Gen Con. We played our six player game the other day and I, I definitely felt quite overwhelmed. And then I've just been, like I said, busting it out on my table to play sort of against the computer and I call it a computer, I don't know, the AI or whatever. Um I have been enjoying that even though I sort of still get the same anxiety I get from anything like this where it's like you can look at it and know you could be doing better or whatever. It's it is easy mm -hmm. for me to uh, feel like I've made mistakes, even when I'm playing by myself. If anything, sometimes I'm worse <laughs> when I'm just by myself. I've been playing disc. <laughs> uh, EJ and I have been uh, doing disc golf quite a bit recently. EJ is a big disc golf person and I've been getting into it. Uh, and finally, just here recently, I've been into it enough where I just go out by myself and play disc golf. And what I've realized is I need to stop doing that because disc golf, Why? when I go play disc golf with EJ, EJ's a really nice guy. I throw kind of a bad shot and EJ goes, well, hey, but that was good in this way. And you did and you did this. And hey, look, you still got a four and one over par a bogey. That's pretty good for your for your sixth outing. And when I go You're by myself, right. I go do EJ does that really well. Uh, but when I wow. go when I go by myself, I go, I missed that shot and I missed that shot. And I get to beat myself up uh, oh with impunity. God. And uh I, you know, impunity. Yeah. Do you I, I'm, my mind's being blown, actually, by that thing you just pointed <laughs> out about EJ. Do you think if I did a similar thing, though, that you would... Like, I mean, that's not part of my personality, anyways. I mean, actually, that's true. No, no, no. When it, I've, I've had to do that for people. Oh, when for it comes sure. to stand-up comedy, I've done a lot of that. Because yeah. um, I used to teach stand-up comedy, so I used right. to have to like look on the bright side for people and, and point out what they were doing right. Right. Um, I feel like I could do that more. We've done that. Maybe. You, you, we've done that plenty, I think, with Twilight Imperium, too. I mean, it's the th the lesson, right, of learning getting to nine points, getting to eight or nine points is the should be the goal. Getting to right. ten, being the first to ten, that's a whole other set of circumstances, right? Is, is, yeah. <laughs> you have to just accept that the winds carried you at a yeah, certain point. Yeah, it's an incredible amount of stuff to, to, at the end of it, be like, well, that was all under my control. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, right. Right. Whereas, and I'm still at the phase where Twilight Inscription feels like I should have all of this under con my control, but maybe that's not true, and I need to I need to come to that kind of awareness about it. I think. Um, so yeah. all that is to say, uh, it's a game that I am not dying to bring to the table because for that to exist, it has to be a highly interactive game. That's just the that's the kind of player I am. The games I'm desperate to bring to the table are One Night Werewolf and Twilight Imperium and Root and stuff where we are all going to spend the entire time talking to each other about crazy stuff and it's going to be right. maximum level of engagement that's the stuff that excites me 
And so in that way, this game doesn't excite me to bring to the table. However, yeah. we go on our Discord and I see all the people that are going nuts about this game. And I see the types of players, the, the Jayhans of the world. Jayhan will routinely, especially during tournament season, will just message me with like ideas of the flow chart. So if I pick Muat in my prelims game and I happen to get Warfare as my first action with this map setup, here's all the things I could potentially do as all of my actions, every single action for round one. And and he's thought through all possibility space. And then he sends me another message later with like all the other stuff, right? Just thinking about every single decision that could happen. Yeah, yeah. Jahan has attached himself to Twilight Inscription like nobody I've seen. <laughs> just playing it endlessly. Wecker is the same way. Wecker is just going ham on this game because that's the people that have the flowchart spreadsheet brains for these games, which is funny because we always talk about I like spreadsheets, but it's I, I, I like a different thing with for spreadsheets. I organize people with spreadsheets and that's fun. I don't I don't do this kind of game uh, as well. So it doesn't it doesn't hit with me as hard but there is a type of person and you know if you're that type of person that this game will click with you a lot more yeah it's weird i don't think that this is my type of game but i appreciated it i think i got a theory um this is just a theory listener do not i don't i'm not gonna back this up very much i don't actually really like engine yeah. buildy type games um mostly because i feel like even if i'm good at one I'll f they the for some reason the experience will feel a little hollow. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know why, but there's some some types of games I use like a calorie type analogy with it normally, where it's like some games feel like good calories and some games feel like empty calories. Where I'm like I'm gaming, but mm -hmm. it didn't feel like I don't have anything to take home with me. And and engine builders can feel like that a little bit. This one I like more, mm -hmm. and it could be because of familiarity with. The intellectual property, absolutely. It could be that I'm a shill, <laughs> or it could be this is this is a this is a theory, and that m this might be true. It could be that this is like kind of a good engine building type game for people that don't really like that yeah. so much, um, because maybe maybe it's a little simpler. Because the roll rolling and writing, yeah. and only choosing one sheet. There's a lot of instances here of well. You have to limit your own possibility space. Right, you have right. to. You, it's 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 a series of choices that you make. That if your analysis paralysis, oh no, the tree, mm -hmm. the tree, and you're thinking <laughs> about all of it. But if you're more of a, all right, well, I'll just pick that. I like that. Mm -hmm. And then you know what? Let's pick that. I like that. It, it's a way of possibly breaking an engine builder down into just individual choices yeah. that don't zoom out so much that I get just. Kind of tired right by the end of a lot of engine building games I, I will just be kind of done you know what i'll share with you in that is here's how i think a lot of engine builders feel to me is i think so many engine builders are designed so tightly that um so often it'll be like it's an it's an eight round game you will uh, inevitably you'll just only take eight actions that is my that's my feeling of so many engine builders is like actually i make very few decisions in a single game um and within that to me every engine builder feels like something where you did the best you could and the last round of the game is like if i'd had one more round this this engine would have been singing would have just been absolutely going nuts mm -hmm. but i feel like most engine builders are designed in such a way where you never quite hit that level with it maybe like the expert right. players do twilight inscription i do think you hit that i think the engine is so easy to sort of see how it 
how they feed into each of the four sheets and how you can bounce from one to the other, that you can feel a monumental action happen. You can have a really good turn, right? Whereas yeah. I think so often engine builders are just like, and a couple little tiny things happen. But like, right, the best turn in uh, in Twilight Inscription, and I remember like Wecker specifically saying this at one point, is uh, the best turn in a, in a game of Twilight Inscription is you get kind of the right role you needed, and that unlocks a ton of assets that you would then immediately need to also spend. So your actions feed into actions, feed into actions. Yep. And so you're yep. like, sorry, guys, this is going to take me a minute because I'm about right. to do like 30 things at once. Yeah, uh, like an Suddenly this action. is my turn. And then yeah, right. once I do this, that will be my potential. Like I won't be able, right. I won't just do this again, but I'm right. having a moment right now. And if y'all can yeah. just like, let me have this moment. Uh, a it's kind of take jackpot a minute. turn or, yeah. or perhaps a uh, Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> where you yell Yahtzee and then bam all the things that you do yeah. all the things you'll do my friends all the so things yeah you'll I, do. I think as as an engine builder there's a deep there's a richer satisfaction you can get out of it and I think that's what like you're what you're getting out of it is you can just have those turns happen to you I even had them like mm -hmm. I wasn't playing well I still had my great turn where I made like all my points right without yeah, yeah. without my great turn I was looking at a game where I was going to score like 20 points which is abysmal yep. that's very bad and then I had one turn that got me to over 50 points and when I finished right. the game I was feeling down on myself and Wecker goes you got above 50 that's great first second playthrough whatever and you got above 50 pretty good like it was like okay yeah. I I found an engine and it worked just in time. It it happened to click at the right moment and that's a satisfying moment. So yeah, yep. I, I think it delivers those kinds of things. My goal going into the game that we played with, uh, the game of six that we played, yeah. was I wanted to be first place on a sheet, I wanted to be second place on a sheet, I wanted to be third place on one sheet, and I wanted to be fourth place on one sheet. <laughs> right. And I just had a theory going into it. I was like, I wonder if that will work right. you know what i mean like i wonder if if that will do because it there there's um with the objectives there's like if you win the race you get this many points if you don't right. if, but you still accomplish the objective you get less points so i was like all right all right so there's one thing i should sprint for right. and then the rest i should just try and do good at but i i kind of chose my first second third and fourth place sheets yeah. from the very beginning um and then stuck to that right um and it felt nice i don't know it it made it it made sense to me, and um, at one point, I was getting close to finishing my first place sheet and kind of maximizing its potential, and I realized that I could finish it up by just focusing on my second place sheet. My second place sheet had things that would help me on my first place sheet. Yep. I'm like, oh, I can get even, I can, right. it, you know, spend even more energy on the second place one, yep. because now my first place one is in such a good position. Um, and that was probably the most fun I had with the game. It also really helped that we had Absol yeah. um, sort of explaining where we were at frequently yeah. in the timeline of the game. Yes. So I would I would stress, if you're teaching this game, do as Absol did. Let us know what is coming in the deck and right. where the kind of checkpoints are. Yeah. Um, because it really helps you kind of plan out. Yeah your turn yeah she was um, she was routinely being like listen in this next set like there's gonna be a war within like the next yeah. four-ish actions we're gonna right. have a war either this one or in two more actions there will be right. a war and so then everyone got to go oh okay i i should expend at least a little bit of energy in making sure my warfare is up to snuff or whatever and right. rather than it right. just being a totally open-ended question um yeah some some more priorata i really really want to do address uh is from toron who shout out to toron i met toron at 
Gen Con, Toron was demoing Twilight Inscription at the Fantasy Flight booth. So if you went to Gen Con, you may have played a little bit with Toron. Toron may have taught you this game. I don't know. Uh, cool. But shout out to Toron. And what Toron had to say is something we haven't talked about yet, and we need to. Uh, Toron says, the production quality is great. The cards yeah. feel awesome. The pens are great to write with. However, the erasing sucks. <laughs> I highly recommend using a set of two cloths, one very lightly damp, and the other dry to clean up with. The pen erasers should really only be used for spot cleaning. Um, I agree. Yeah. This game feels amazing. If anything, too, it's really funny as an unboxing experience because I'm used to popping out cardboard chits and 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 unpacking plastic stuff right, and right. ripping out. And there's open nothing. It. Nothing. It's so it's glorious. Every, all of the cards are already oh, packaged yeah. in Ziploc bags. Uh -huh. There's just a a bundle of sheets that you don't have to do anything with, and some right. pens. The literally the only thing you do is un like unwrap the dice. The dice are in a little plastic thing. And that's you open that up, and the game is uh, ready yeah, that's to play. A, it it shines <laughs> when it comes to production. I know my I made my joke earlier about roll and rights just being a cost cutting measure. Yeah, um, perhaps it is perhaps, a sixty five dollar MSRP game, which I'll yeah. say that surprised me a, a little bit. I mean, it's a ton of sheets, yeah. and and all of that is just in service of it being an eight player game, right? That's just it's just to have that many sheets. It's 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 you know 32 sheets had to just exist uh, for this to be possible for me though the thing the upgrades i'm already looking into are uh first i don't like that every marker is orange although it tracks with the fact that there's stuff that's pre-marked on the sheet where they like yeah, pretend you've orange, marked yeah. this and that's got to be orange um i want to buy a bunch of paint pens or it's, they're like chalk pens or whatever it's a specific kind of white erase marker that makes mm -hmm. it really the re the thing torrent's talking about with the eraser is it's really gummy like it really sticks to the eraser yeah and yeah. then after you've erased a couple times that eraser just like is barely erasing anymore because it's so gummed right up. if you could like right. really easily clean that and there's probably some sort of method to cleaning that thing but it's still just such a pain so like torrent said like have i would like to package like put two cloths in my set that are like the ones I'm going to get wet and, and one that that's going to be dry or whatever. But also, I just want a bunch of different colored pens so that everybody can have that on their sheet. I just think that would be interesting. But like literally beyond those two upgrades and then maybe like your typical card sleeves, there's nothing else. This is ready to go. This game is yep. locked and loaded <laughs> as, a, as an experience. So it unpacks fast. Yeah. Like you can just start I playing even, this. I, I have been the, the cards, the way you set up the game is so simple that I've been talking myself into every time I play this game, you could similar to like Oath, you could put this game away where you unpack it ready to play and you don't have to do yeah, anything. Totally. The, the, yeah, the yeah. only thing that has to get like dealt with is this event deck where it's like there's five phases, there's between four and six cards in each phase and those get put together in a really specific way but you could literally do that as you're packing the game up you could set that up and then all you have to do is pull that deck out on your next playthrough and you are literally ready to go in that instant so like this game yeah. unpacks and is playable within five seconds if you want it to be yeah um yeah so very i think that's very very cool the only other thing you would do is like shuffle the the uh, relic deck or whatever and, and there's like not that many objectives there's actually not a ton I could very easily see this game getting an expansion which is just like here's more objectives here's more agendas here's like more right. of that kind of stuff 
Um, uh, we need like a Calaris faction, right? They've sort of addressed that sort of in our interview. Thought, with, aren't they releasing the Calaris faction? They said they were free? going to. James was coded with us. He was like, I don't know. I can't speak to anything. But they've said in other streams that like they're going to do a Calaris faction to get it up to the yeah, yeah. five. We didn't say that earlier too. This comes with 24 factions in it. It's got all of yeah. them ready to go. Uh, so for yeah. thematics, every single thing post POK is ready to go in this game, except it's for in there. Claris. So yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, we talked about the art a little bit in the interview yeah. um, that we did, um, but you know, it's just it's always just good having some new Twilight Imperium art. It's right. not all new. Right. Um, a lot of the faction art, in in fact, is old art. Um, but on a lot of the you know the event cards have a lot of interesting new Twilight Imperium art. Um, obviously, the co cover is fantastic, and yeah. I feel like. I really love the cover of Twilight Inscription because to me it kind of looks like a new, the beginning of a new generation yes. of Twilight Imperium. Yep. Like it feels like we're kind of gonna, but there's a kind of bold, like a boldness to it yep. that I uh, really enjoy. Yeah, you know anything, what I mean? It's I'm time... sad that there's not more new art because the new art right. really excels and feels actually quite new. And, and like right. you're saying, embarking on like a new journey. And I'm yep. like, why couldn't the whole thing? It's like, oh, obviously because costs, but like, it, it, if this game had been chock full of new art, I would be fawning, like completely yeah. losing my mind over it. The fact yeah. that it's really kind of just a handful of new pieces of art is great, and I'm I'm like really enjoying the new art. But I want I want more. I'm excited for those graphic novels to come out. That's the big thing yeah. at this point is I need those yeah. now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it 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 definitely feels like a really good place to start. Um, yeah. for like a new uh, kind of wave of, uh, of Twilight Imperium stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so very exciting. Um, obviously, it's not enough. Uh, Fantasy Fly, if you're listening, um, please green light. Keep it going. Uh, many, many Twilight <laughs> Imperium projects. Um, and just so you know, our email is spacecatsbeastturtles at gmail.com. If you ever want to have a conversation or perhaps even some sort of pitch meeting, or if you just want to give us money for no reason, um, you can do it by emailing us there. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And then, yeah. We're here, so, we're here you for you. We're here, we're for, here you. for you, buddy. And hey, hey we got you. <laughs> we got you, baby. All right. Love well, cool. you. Do you do you feel like we covered everything? I feel like I covered everything I had to say about Twilight Inscription. I, I, don't, Matt, I don't have a closer. Should you oh, buy yeah, right, sorry, okay. Twilight well, let's, let's Inscription? Get, down to brass tech. This is a review. It, should you spend your money that I'm in control of? If I tell you to spend your money right now, you are forced to, which means you do get to judge me if you then later don't, dodge it, don't Matt. like it. Do not, do not dodge this question. Yeah, no. Should you, mm -hmm. and that you is everyone, right? Okay. Should you, aka everyone, right? Buy every living person. Yep. Buy a copy of Twilight. Inscription. Here's here's here is my professional, uh, and full of integrity answer. You should buy. Twilight Inscription, and you should tell Fantasy Flight that Space Cat's Peace Total Turtles told you to buy it, and be like, man, they were so oh, nice, and they really hack. liked it, and 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 boy, I just sure do love Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and everything they provide to your wonderful and illustrious community. What a great service that they are providing us for free! Was that good? Was that a good I, review? Was that good? I'll answer the question. I'll answer the question. Should you buy Twilight Inscription? No. <laughs> you should... You should make someone else buy it, uh -huh. and then they keep it. Yeah. And then when you need a game right. to play at any player count up to eight, mm -hmm. I think this is my favorite thing about it. Yeah. Is that I would play this with... I have... Me, I am the most, like, 
when it comes to player count, I just want to play it yeah. at the player count that they that I think they did, even right. if I'm wrong, you know, in play testing. Right. L- listen, player counts are fake. Right. Everybody, I'm sorry to spoil this. <laughs> player counts are fake. They tested the game the limited amount of ways that they did. Mm-hmm. It's set up for the way it's set up for. Yep. There is always a best player count, okay? Even if it's not the one... That they tested it at. You know what I mean? Because right. of mistakes or weirdness. <laughs> There's always a best. And I always want to play the best. But this is actually one of the first times I've ever played a game where I don't... I honestly just don't think there's a best. Yeah. I, I do not think there is a best. I think it's all fine. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I think it has a real utility function uh, to serve on your on your board game shelf. Yeah. Do I, do I think everyone needs to buy it? No, but force, you know... Your person that has your board it should be around in your group right so that you can bust it out in two seconds yeah. and play with you know five this time oh we had five we wanted to play clash of cultures but now we have five yeah all right here's let's play the inscription yeah i agree um here's my here's my subject i said i can only give a subjective review so here is what here's mm-hmm. my here's my subjective recommendation i think that you should spend five years recording and editing and releasing a podcast about one game so that when that company releases a second game in that universe you can go to a convention and beg the marketing director to please give you a copy for free because this is the only time this will ever be relevant for you and your show and your life and then they'll miraculously say yes and then you can review it and then uh, have a copy of it at your friend's house. Uh, your friend will have the free copy, and you can um, be really excited that at least one of you managed to pull that off. Uh, so that's my that's my that's how I would go about it. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. how I. I mean, that's just like what I would do if I were if I were doing what you were if if I were in your shoes. That's what I would do. I think my friend Shelton might like it. <laughs> Is that a review? <laughs> I want to thank all of our weird bears. Big El Cappuccino, Squee Machine, Mew, Brass Bird, Brian, Kalu, and Dark Jutsu, Goondock, Carnal, Necrodize, Twice, Totally Calculating, Poet, Kindred Spirit, Lord Raddington, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Privix, Ricky M44, RYs, and Wacker. Man, every Ricky M44, you trip me up every single week. I'm trying to say those as fast and like in one breath as I can. And it's always you, Ricky. It's always you. Okay. Someone Mama's else l- should change their name to their name M44. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be really funny if Matt had me. to read multiple names with M44 <laughs> in it. And I want to thank Mama's Lovely Larva. My son is also named Bort, M44. Nervesurg, M44. <laughs> Baldrick, M44. Tautology is what it is, M44. Frank G, M44. Rekka, M44. No, no, Janine, no. No, Jedi, sure, no, no, no. Matt, Matt, yeah. Matt, you messed one up. It's surely Frank, M44G. Oh, you're right. And Frank, M44G. Jadim, Jedi, M44. General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Teddy's Jam for M44. Yeah. Um, Galactic Council, this was your... Wait, no, it wasn't. We still have it. It's still up there. Uh, there's, there's like a week left. There's one week left on oh, your yeah. Galactic Council poll, and it's, uh, it is these four options. Uh, oh yeah. So the four options are uh, homebrew scenario, alliance mode, um, Axis and allies, and Ahoy. And at this point, alliance mode is really slamming it out there. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage those of you who have voted for other options besides alliance mode to perhaps form a coalition against alliance mode although i don't know why i'm saying that because i will just play alliance mode and that's fine i'm already scheduling an alliance game because it's (laughs) so obviously uh, okay well then definitely please mess it up so that we just ruin our own scheduling play play play, yeah i need to play this uh in in error uh homebrewers guild 
We're going to do a game really soon. Um, I, I always say this stuff, man. Whatever. You know when we'll, we'll play a game. Just shut up and leave me alone. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Uh, you can also rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, give us a five-star rating and say, boy, these kids sure know how to tell me what to buy. Thanks so much, Space Cats, Peace Turtles, for telling yeah, yeah. me what to do with my money. How useful of a service you provide to this community. Uh, you can also go to our website, uh, spacecatspeaceturtles.com for information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merch, all the stuff and the ways to find us and all that good jazz. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely give us uh, give us five stars and, and each star can be... Uh, these are five stars. Each one represents Twilight Inscription, a game that Space Cats Peace Turtles told me to to purchase yeah, right, right away. Right. Yeah. Um and but but I am not giving Twilight Inscription five stars yet. Yeah. Right. So so say a star for every game we've convinced you to buy. That's what it is. Seeing Twilight Inscription five times. So, yeah, sure. so five <laughs> stars. Copies. So here's no no no, here we go, here we go. You say five stars and then review Twilight Inscription in the body, but at the mm-hmm. end say I don't yet know what I think of Space Cats Peace Turtles. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like yes, 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 you're yes, saying, yes, yes. I love Twilight, Twilight Inscription. Excellent game. Really, really love it. Five stars. Wait, what is this? And then you're out. You know what I mean? Perfect. So it's like you're confused. Yeah. You you thought you were reviewing Twilight Inscription, but actually you were reviewing two dorks that suck. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>